This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, somebody say the Lord is good. And His mercy endureth forever. I love the gospel because, you know, it's like every day is a new day. Amen? All things, uh, old things are passed away and all things have become new. And I love that. And uh, I love because God wants us to have a clean slate every day. Amen? That means that we can enjoy the benefits of the covenant. Amen? Well, let's just go in prayer before we get started. Father, I honor you today and I thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love. Father, I ask that you make my tongue as a pen of a ray writer speaking your very words. And Father, give us hearing ears to hear what your spirit is saying. And we just endeavor to give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. We are in the book of James. And of course, today is the day that I always minister on healing. So I'm going to merge in James with healing. Is that okay today? And, um, and so I figured I could do it and, um, with the help of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so we've been learning a lot about the book of James. We're in James uh, part nine. And again, you know, I like to say this, that it's important, like I say every Sunday, it's important that we read our Bibles and it's important that we study the letters written to the church in the New Testament. And so why why is that? Because it, it, it gives us a perspective on how the apostles lived. Amen. And, and how the church operates and how we need to conduct ourselves with one another. Amen. And so James has given a, us a lot of practical information. And um, we, 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 we're, we're learning a lot from James. And uh, today the title of this uh, sermon is Humility Brings the Blessing of Healing. Humility Brings the Blessing of Healing. Amen. So let's go at, to James 4, uh, 6 through 10. And uh, it says here, and right before that, right bef- in the chapter 4, James talks about, you know, be careful about not arguing, fussing and fighting. You know, we're going into uh, where we have holidays and you're seeing relatives and we want to walk in love towards one another. Amen. Amen. And so what the enemy's trying to do in the end days, he's trying to cause a lot of division, right? Amen. And so, uh, so, so even uh, James talks about right before this, right before I'm reading 4, 6, and 10, he says, don't, uh, you know, don't fall in love with the world. And don't, and as Christians, um, when we were brought out of the world into a kingdom of God, and you have a new family, and sometimes when we're walking with God, sometimes the enemy will try to get some of us to go back in our old ways Maybe go, you know, some of your old friends that never call you, but now you're walking with Christ. They call you, let's hang out. Let's go out. Right. And, and they're the ones that don't know God or or they know God a little bit, but they're more carnal than spiritual. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Is there, you know, and you and you're trying to walk straight with God and no, let's go out. Let's have a couple drinks. And and uh, and, uh, you know, I hear that all the time. And what what is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to pull us back into the world. Right. He's trying to get us uh, more into the world or, or worldly minded than heavenly minded. And so, so James says, if you're a friend 
of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. And, um, you know, that's pretty strong words. Um, but you, in other words, if you're hanging out with worldly people and, and they're living worldly and you're living and you're doing things that they're doing, um, then there's no conviction power in their life. Like, for instance, you know, uh, I don't drink. Uh, uh, I don't smoke or drink or chew or go with those who do. Amen. And uh, uh, but I don't drink because I, I you know, I'm. Uh, a Rama minister, and, and we, I, I'm, uh, I'm licensed through Rama, and they prefer their ministers don't drink, and I'm good with that. And um, but uh, the bottom line reason why I don't is because I want to be separate from the world. Amen. Because you know I don't need to have something to drink to you know make my day. Amen. Amen? So I, all I need is God. You know, the Bible says you, you just don't be drunk with wine in excess, but be filled with the Spirit, yeah, right. speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart. In other words, God can fill your cup. Yes, and sometimes the enemy will try to get us to go back into worldly ways. And has anybody in here ever been backslidden? Oh, good. We had some backsliders in here once. I was backslidden at one time. I went back into the world. And I found out that the world is cold and cruel. Amen. And I wanted to get back into the father's house. And I did. Thank God. He allowed me to be to come back into his house. Amen. So so here James is going in here and uh, in four, six through ten, he says, but he he gives more grace talking about God. James says, but he gives he means God gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace. To the humble. Okay, so now we're going to look at this. Now, now uh, he's he's going to show some things, and and I'm talking to you about healing today. That humility brings the blessing of healing in our life, and and, and so then he goes into uh, uh, here in this scripture. He says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Then he goes and cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart, you double minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Now, we understand this and I understand theologically. Uh, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? When you receive Christ, your sins are forgiven. But you have to continue to walk the walk of faith and you have to continue to examine yourself every day to make sure that you're in the faith. And when he was talking to the people, they were backsliding into worldliness and then and those that were backslidden and that were, did, did not have a repentant heart and that were stubborn in repenting, he was calling them sinners, even though they may be Christians. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So because he was saying you guys are, are basically you're 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 acting like sinners. Right. And he said, and so we, instead of calling them saints, see, a saint is somebody that's, that's, that's doing it. A saint is praying, fasting, uh, 
preaching, proclaiming, uh, doing everything that they can to walk in God. Amen. Right? A saint is, is sold out. Is not turning back. Amen. Remember that old song? I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Amen. No turning. And sometimes we feel like turning back every once. I'm not talking to anybody today. Anybody ever feel like quitting every once in a while? It's just too hard. It's not. It, this, is a, this is a hard walk. No, you know, the way of a transgressor is hard. The Bible says. No, it's easy in God if you know how to do it. You can have days like heaven on earth. Yesterday I was doing a lot of stuff, but I was, I was busy, but I had my worship going on all day. And I'm telling you, I was so more in worship and I was working, but, um, but that worship was going on and I was having a day of heaven on earth. Amen. So he says here, let's, let's break this down because we're talking about healing uh, today and humility brings the blessing of healing. And so, so the number one key... To healing is you got to submit yourself to God. Okay. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Pastor, are you saying I got to obey God? Yes, we got to submit ourselves to God. Amen. And so, and so, and so for us to, the second part is resist the devil. But you're not going to effectively be able to resist the devil unless you submit to God first. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? If you don't submit to God first, you're not going to be able to resist the devil. Amen. You must submit to him. So, so, you know, when I think about submitting to God, I think about Psalms 1. And in Psalms 1, in the New King James, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor seat, sit in the seat of the scornful. Amen. So let's look at the Amplified Classic. And it, it, it amplifies it. It says, blessed, happy, fortunate, fortunate prosperous um, uh, uh, is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sit down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. Okay, so here he breaks it down. He's saying, you know, the man who who does not walk according to ungodly people. Amen. I was talking to one of my members and they were they weren't this was years ago. That they weren't fully sold out to Christ and they were still kind of living a little whirly and they were at a party and, you know, they're saved, but they were still living a little whirly. And at the party, the person was making jokes about God and all that. And, you know, and, and they had, you know, the, the beer in their hand. And they didn't feel like they had the courage to say anything. To stand up for Christ. Right? And when we're, when we're hanging out, sometimes the pressure of us not saying anything about Christ. There's a pressure out here in this world system for us to be quiet. Amen. Do you know that? There's a pressure for us not to stand up for righteousness. Amen. There's a pressure because, because people are going to call you all kinds of names. and There's a pressure out here. And we got to overcome those pressures. Yes. Amen. We got we to overcome that by asking God for some boldness. Yes. And we need to stand for what's right even in a crooked and perverse world that we live in. 
And the Bible says this whole world lies in darkness. And so we are the light. And so we got to stand bold as Christians in this dark world. We need to be warning our brothers and sisters. We need to be warning people that Jesus has come. This is perfect. This pandemic. I love it because I like to talk to unsaved people and say, well, you know, it's all in the Bible. <laughs> they say, what? It's all in the Bible. And they hit it. I said, in the book of Revelation, you know, all hell's going to be breaking loose real soon. You think this is bad? <laughs> they start, you you want to put a little fear in these people. You think this is bad. This is nothing. This is a cakewalk. What? This is a, all these people that it's a cakewalk. It, this is nothing. You know, I was thinking about this because, you know, uh, was it 150,000? I'm not discounting the deaths and the people that died in America. I don't believe those numbers are really correct or accurate. I believe they're inflated. And uh, but they say 150,000 or more. And so but but we have how many people do we have in this nation? Over 330 million people. So when you do the math, what is the percentage? Less than 0.05% that have died of this close to the flu. Hello, I just want you to think about it for a little bit. Because, because, you know, the news wants to inflate the bad news and make everything look really, really bad. Amen. And it's not as bad as you think it is. It's not as bad as you think it is. Amen. And so we we need to we need to wake up. Amen. And understand that God is with us. No weapon formed against us shall prosper in Jesus name that we have divine protection over us because we're blood bought saints. Glory to God. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. A thousand shall fall at my side and ten thousand at my But no plague shall come near my dwelling. See, see, listen, the Bible isn't a bunch of good stories for us to get, you know, a aha ah, ah moment. It's more than just stories. No, these are accounts, true life accounts. And it's for us to live our life by. And we got to start believing the Bible. Say, I believe the Bible. You need to believe the Bible over science. Because science is always shifting. Because in the very beginning, they said, you don't really need to wear a mask. Now they say, you got to wear a mask. But you don't, don't worry about a regular N95 that really, what, what all the physicians wear. But you can wear a bandana. By the way, I'm selling some bandanas. <laughs> you can wear it. You can wear anything. Amen. I saw on YouTube some lady was wearing her. It, this is kind of crude. Uh, her her uh, her husband's boxers. You know. You know. I think she was trying to make a point or something. I don't think. I think she probably bought some new ones. Amen. But what am I saying? I'm saying it, it's you know whatever goes. Now the CDC saying, well, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the bandanas aren't, aren't good anymore. You've got to have regular masks, you know. <sighs> I, just got, I just bought some gators. Anybody ever heard what a gator is? Well, it's not an alligator, but, you know, it's one of those things that instead of a mask, it's like you put it on, you pull it down, and you can pull it up on your face. They're called gators. I was so excited about it. I said, I'm going to get me a gator. 
I'm so excited about it. And, you know, I've been wanting to grow a beard, but it would be gray, and I don't want to look old. And so I said, I'm going to get a gator with a beard on it. It's going to be so cool. I'm going to make this pandemic fun. You know what I'm saying? You got to just turn it into fun, right? And I found a gator. I went on there. I said, somebody needs to create a gator with a beard on it. Amen. And I found one. And it looks like a person with a beard and everything. I bought it. Glory to God. And so, you know, I, Yin and I do Amazon part-time. We, we um, deliver groceries part-time. And, uh, and it's a lot of fun doing that because we can see all the Christmas lights and all that fun stuff. And uh, I said, I'm going to wear a gator at work because they require you to wear a mask. I'm going to wear my beard at gator. It's going to be so cool. And I just got an email just uh, the day that I ordered them. You can't wear no gators. No bandanas. I was just getting into this now. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> All right, we'll continue with the message. No gators. But I still could do it at the store. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. You'll see me wearing my gator one of these. Days. I'll bring it. I'll wear it. Amen. But we'll continue. So, uh, so we need to be very careful that... <laughs> that <laughs> that we're not getting too worldly-minded, amen? And so we need to do what Psalms 2, now let's look at Psalms 2. It says here, uh, this is the, the successful Christian. This is, if you're going to walk in divine health, we need to do these things. He says those, in Psalms 2 says, but he delights uh, the Christian that loves God. His delight uh, and desire are in the law of the Lord. And in his law and precepts and instructions and teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, studies day by day and by night. So we see here that he's saying that the, the righteous are the ones that, that delight in the law of the Lord. How many people delight in God's word? And so what he's saying here is that as you delight in the law of the word, uh, God's instructions, you, you, you meditate on it, ponder on it day and night. You see, what happens is um, whatever you think about enough, uh, that's going to become your reality. Whatever you're thinking on, it's going to become your reality. Uh, it, see, uh, the TV programming, TV, it's called programming. It's designed, you watch enough of it, it will program your mind on how to think. If I watch enough, you know, commercials on I need a new iPhone, I'm going to think I need a new iPhone. Right? If I watch enough commercials on all the diseases that are going out there, and I might need to get some, some medicine, then I'm going to think that, that that disease is going to come on me. In other words, there's, there's a, you know, the, the world wants to put information out there doesn't it could be crooked information to indate each one of us so it can change the way we think about things right so what we need to do is we need to meditate on the word of god until the word of god becomes more real to us than the natural things out here because the word of god is more real than the natural the word of god is eternal and the natural is subset, subject to change. So everything that we see in here is going to change. Yes, amen. amen. So, it, so the word of God will change it. So as you meditate on the word of God, it will change the way you think. You will start thinking more like God. Amen. Is this helping anybody? You want to think like God. You don't want to think like the devil. Amen. 
You want to think like God. You want God's thoughts, right? So he says here, but if he delights, uh, but his delight is, and desire are in the law of the Lord and in his law, the precepts and instructions and teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponder and studies day by day. Amen. So, so what is the payoff? You may ask, what, why should I get into the, my Bible? Why should I read the promises every day? Well, I, I, I read, you know, Psalms 1 once. <laughs> I've read Psalms 91, you know, I think last year one time. Isn't that good enough? No, you need to keep putting it in and keep putting it in and keep putting it in until you become like Jesus. You've got to keep putting it in. Amen. And so, so the payoff here is in Psalms 3. And he shall be like a tree firmly planted. I'm, I'm reading on the Amplified Classic. And he shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its least also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does prosper. So the payoff of meditating on the Word of God, and I, and I highlight this, is its least also shall not fade or wither. And everything he does shall prosper. So our leaf, in other words, we're not going to wither up. In other words, we're going to stay strong. We're going to stay healthy. We're going to stay whole. Our youth is renewed like the eagles. See, I'm going to be, I'm I'm turning double nickel this year. Anybody know what double nickel means? But you know what? Most people say, I can't believe it. Amen. Why? Because my youth is renewed like the eagles. Glory to God. Uh, You know, and the older we get in God, the younger we'll look in God. Amen. And I'm telling you, nobody's old in heaven. Everybody is forever young. When you get to heaven, I I believe you're going to be 33. It's going to be the perfect number. You know, you may, you may be 90 years of age, right? And I'm ready to go home. You know, you're, you're, you're all, you know, dried up like a prune, right? But when you get to heaven, man, you're, gonna be, you're not going to be like, Oh, hey, Jesus, how you doing? You know, ah, good, I made it through, you know. No, you're going to come out, man. You're going to be 33, man. Glory to God. Have all your teeth. Glory to God. I like that. Hey, Jesus. There's no old people in heaven. God's not even old. What? Some people say they, they, some poor pe- people might paint a picture of, of God being this old man with, old, with a long beard. No, that's Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, <laughs> so we're forever young. Our youth, say my youth, is renewed like the eagles. So we have to think about the power of God's word. And if you keep thinking about your ailments and you keep thinking about your pains, you keep thinking, that's what you that that's going to be your your you're defining yourself by that. But we need to define ourselves by the word of God. Now here it says in Proverbs 4, 20 and 27, it says, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. 
Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Amen. For they are life to those who find them. And they are health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. So, so in Proverbs here, he's saying here, give attention to God's word, incline your ear to his sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. And then the payoff is, the payoff, the blessing. What's the benefit, Pastor, of reading my Bible and meditating on the word? What's the benefit? Long life, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. That's the benefit. In other words, it will, it will set your mind straight. Because if your mind is straight, then your body will get straight. I'm going to say again, if your mind is renewed to the things of God, the, it, see, our problems always is in our thinking. That's where our problem's at. You say, no, it's my body that's the problem. It's your thinking that's the problem. Okay? Uh, it's, your th- it's, it's, it's what we think about. Um, so we got to make sure that we're thinking on the promises of God until they become a reality in our life. Uh, number two, when, when we, see, when we uh, submit ourselves to God, we're submitting ourselves to God's truth. Okay, and so, so you got to understand this. You know, uh, what is truth? What is truth? Well, Jesus is truth. The word of God is truth. So Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Jesus is truth. His word is truth. So if his word is truth, then you stand on what his word says. If his word says that you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, it doesn't matter if you just screwed up. You're still more than a conqueror. That's what his word says. So you line yourself up with his word. I'm more than a conqueror. God always causes me to be victorious in Christ Jesus. So if I mess up, God can get us back on track. Do you believe that today? He can get you back on track even if you mess up. Just fess up and, and he will make sure you get back on track. Amen. And so it says here uh, that, that, so what I'm saying is, is that we need to submit to the truth of God's word. And, the, and it's, I'm not saying go by what you feel. I'm saying go by what you believe. Amen. What you believe is by Jesus stripes, you are healed. Amen. You are healed. Faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is always in the now. Listen. I was in, I was 40. I was turning 40. And um, I went through a divorce many years ago. And I got God back in my life. Hallelujah. And then I went to Bible school. And, you know, because I wanted to learn more about God. And I went to Bible school. I didn't really have any aspirations to be a, uh, to be a preacher. And, uh, but I just wanted to know more about God. And, uh, and so, and then I also was single. And I was thinking... There might be a lot of single Christian ladies over there, too. So, so, so my hormones was sending me over to school, too. So I thought maybe I'd get married at Rama because they called it Rama Bible Training Center. It's now it's called Rama Bible Tra- uh, Training College. Um, but, um, 
but, but some coin it Rama Bridal Training Center. Because a lot of people get married and, you know, going, it's going to hook up, to hook up. And, uh, but I didn't find my good thing over there. I had lots of opportunities, but I didn't find my good thing. And then God sent me back here. And so I came back here. And, uh, and you know, there's always a lot of decoys out there. And I've been through some decoys. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, but, you know, God's good. And then I started praying, and I was praying wrong. I, I remember I, I prayed, Lord, I want somebody that's hard to get. And then I, I got up, hooked up with somebody. She was really a great girl. Her dad was a pastor. You know, she went to Regent. And, but she was so hard to get, she just didn't get got. You know, because she, she lived in Chile. She wanted me to move to Chile. And I said, I'm American. <laughs> I, don't, I speak no Spanish. And... Um, and so, anyway, and so, but God brought me in, thank God. But I was, but, but, you know, I went through a lot of turmoil in relationships, and, but I was praying and um, seeking, and then finally my roommate that used to be with me, you guys remember the story, uh, uh, got married before me. And he would say, and the year before that, he kept saying, I'm married, Pastor. I said, you're not married, you're just like me, you're single. And he said, no, I'm married by faith. And then he got married before me. I said, boy, he put his faith in the now. And so what I did was I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the same thing. I'm going to say, thank God. I found my scripture and say, thank God. Lord, I thank you. By faith, I'm already married. And when I put my faith in the now, that year, within 30 days, Yin came into the picture. And within, I think, four months, I was married. That year. And that year I was saying, and that year was that year I was saying, I was telling everybody in congregation, tell say this year is going to be your year of miracles. God's doing miracles. Amen. And what am I saying to you today? I'm saying that we can't put our faith out there in the future. Someday in the sweet by and by, when I get to heaven, God's going to heal me. No, 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 no. Healing's for today. You know, you don't need to get healed when you get to heaven. You're going to, you're going to be perfect in heaven. No, no, no. You need your healing now. You're down here, right? So, so you need to partake of it now. Somebody say, now faith. Somebody say, now faith is. So now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So we put our faith in now. How do you do that, Pastor? You start thanking God that by Jesus' stripes you're healed. But, Pastor, I'm still dealing with pain. Yeah, but you focus on the truth of God's promise until it becomes a reality and there's a shift. There's a shift in the spirit realm. Amen. So, so, so we have to shift it in the spirit realm. Number, so, so what am I saying? I'm saying that we uh, submit to God. We submit to his truth. His truth is greater than the lies that the enemy is trying to propagate in our lives. So God's truth is greater than the lies. So you got You got to keep getting that truth until that truth overcomes the lie. Amen. And the lie is, you're going to have this for the rest of your life. No, that's a lie. God can heal you today. Amen. Number two, uh, in this, we have to resist the devil. You see, we submit ourselves to God's truth of who he is. What, you see, God's a big God. You've got to believe that God can do anything. Amen. That God is still a miracle worker. Yes. That miracles, you know, is, is, did not go out with the apostles. Amen. 
that miracles are still here today. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Believe that truth that Jesus is still working miracles. So, so when we start believing that truth, then we can resist the lies of the devil. It says resist the devil. So how do you resist? You resist his, his, his lies. You, you, you resist the temptation to, to focus on your issue or your problem. You, you resist the, 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 the uh, urge for you to talk about your problems. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? I don't know why I can't get ahead. I don't know. No, 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 no. Listen, you're going to get it. You're, you're getting ahead. Glory to God. Are you listening to me? I don't know why I can't. You know, I take one, two steps forward, four steps backwards. Well, the reason why that happens is because you keep saying that. You have what you say. So you've got to keep believing that we're moving forward. We're moving forward. See, how Abraham was able to get the promised child uh, Isaac, remember, Abraham had a promise from God. Abraham and Sarah, they had a promise to God. And, and it took 25 years. Somebody say 25 years. 25 years. Glory to God. I was, I was talking to my, my daughter yesterday. And I said, I'm gonna, you know, I, I, I took uh, organ lessons. I really wanted to p- take piano lessons when I was a kid. And I probably took for six months. And I, I said, I would love to play the piano. I said, I think I'm going to start practicing and playing the piano. And, and my, my daughter said, it could take you nine years to get good. <laughs> I, I said, thank you for the encouragement. You know, <laughs> it could take you nine years to be, to be good. I said, it could take me nine years to be in I said, well, how old will I be in nine years? I'd be 64. I said, so, so I'd be a, a good, I'd be an accomplished 64-year-old pianist. So what if I don't practice and do it? I'd be nothing at 64. Okay. <laughs> what am I saying? I'm saying you can start anything. doesn't matter how old you are. Amen. Glory to God. Right. I want to be able to get on that keyboard and play the Charlie Brown Christmas song. Glory to God. You know, whatever how it goes. You know. Yeah, I can't do it, but you know what I'm talking about. It's kind of jazzy. I love jazz anyway, but. You know, if you love jazz, get some Christian jazz music. You know, turn it all. If you like country, get Christian country. If you like rap, get Christian rap. Glory to God. Get something that glorifies God. Keep you, keep you, keep you focused on God. Amen. So, so the key to our healing is we can't consider. I'm going to say this key to your healing. Another key. Consider not and don't waver. Now, write that down. Consider not. And don't waver. Now in Romans it says, and not being weak in faith. This is Paul writing about Abraham, our father of faith. Uh, Paul says, talking about Abraham, our father of faith. He says, and not being weak in faith, talking about Abraham. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. This is Romans 4, 19 through 22. And the descendants of Sarah's and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he who he God had promised, he God was able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. And we got to think about this. It's, it, here, you got to think about Abraham. Now, he was 
uh, right there at 100 years of age. Uh, his uh, wife was a young 90. <laughs> and, uh, and it was an impossible situation. And so, but, but he believed, he believed, see, there's a song. Whose report are you going to believe? And I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. And so here, he's saying here that, that, that the way Abraham was able to get through uh, the, uh, the circumstances that said it ain't going to happen, it's just not going to work, how he was able to get through this, he didn't consider his own body, but he considered the faithfulness of God. He didn't consider it. In other words, he didn't focus on it. Stop focusing on the problem and start focusing on the promise. And so he, 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 he didn't focus on the problem of the deadness of Sarah's womb and, 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 and how old he was. He focused on the promise of God. And notice it said that he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Notice that? Well, well what he did was, when you start focusing on the promises of God, are you listening to what you you should get you excited? I mean, when you start reading that wealth and riches will be in the house of the righteous, that should excite you. Are you when I read that wealth and riches? Glory to God. You mean it's not just for those fat cats up there? You know, I'm kidding, but it's not for no, listen, wealthy people can be Christians too. Amen. It doesn't have to be lawless people that are wealthy. No, the gold and silver is God, right? And God owns the the cattle on a thousand hills, right? And your heavenly father is wealthy, glory to God. And some of us are going to be shocked when we get to heaven and we find streets of gold, pearly gates, and walls of jasper. And we're going to, wow, God, God is amazing. Amen. And, 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 and when the enemy would want us to shun all this nice stuff. No, the nice stuff was never meant to be for the devil and his crew. It was meant for, for God's children. That's why the Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Amen. Amen. And some of you are coming into a wealthy place in God. I'm telling you, I believe that you're coming into a wealthy. Say, I'm coming into my wealthy place. In God. in God. I'm telling you, you're coming into a wealthy place in God. Amen. Amen. All you just need is some insight. Now, I just bought a car called the Insight. It's the Honda Insight. Amen. And when your mind gets expanded to the promises of God and God starts giving you insight, man, he will reveal secrets that no one else knows. He can show you. Now, don't be praying for the lottery number, okay? I don't think he's... It's, amen. He could give you the lottery number, but that's not the way he wants you to do it. Amen? amen. Glory to God. So don't be buying the lottery. Say, Lord, uh, uh, you know. And uh, But um, so he says, amen. I used to buy that lottery ticket. You guys know I used to have that little itch. Buy the lottery ticket, you know. And then I get so excited. I'm going to win the mega ball, you know. I always lost my money. Amen. And, um, amen. And so we must, re- we must resist the attacks of the devil by the word of God. Case in point, and I'm going to say this, I'm, I need to close this down. Jesus was in the wilderness in Luke chapter 4, 1 through 13. I'm not going to read this, but Jesus, you all know that Jesus went 
you know, he was, he was baptized in the Jordan River by John. He was obedient. And the father said, you know, uh, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. Put his stamp of approval on Jesus, right? And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness. So you get a pat on the back from God. And now you're in the wilderness. Amen. And so he's in the wilderness now. And Jesus is fasting and praying in the wilderness, getting ready uh, for his public ministry. And in that wilderness time, the devil tempts him three times. You know the story. So he gets tempted by turning stones into bread. And, and Jesus, each time that he was tempted, he, Jesus would say, it is written. Right? So every time the devil tried to tempt Jesus, really he was, it was trying to tempt Jesus and coming out of the fast. So he said, you can turn these stones into bread. And Jesus had the ability to do that. He could have turned the stones into bread. Amen? Because, you know, he, he was anointed. Amen. By the Holy Spirit. And so uh, so and, and some people think Jesus walked in his, uh, you know, his full godhood when he was down here. No, he walked as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. And the reason why he did it this way is because he wanted to show us really how we need to walk as people anointed by the Holy Spirit. He operated in all of the gifts of the, the Spirit, the, uh, the five-fold ministry gifts. He was a, a prophet and a pastor and a teacher and evangelist. He operated in all the, all the giftings. And he had the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, without measure. But he, but he walked under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Look at uh, Luke 4.1. It says here, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Notice it says here in Luke 4, 1, that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice that. So Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. When he got water back, he came up, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus to do all the miracles. Because he wanted, it needed to be done that way. It would have been illegal for him to operate in all his, his glory down here. He had to operate as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. It, it, was, a, it was a legal thing. And why? Why did he have to operate that way? Because, because uh, he had to operate that way because he couldn't, he couldn't operate in his full God class. He had to yield to the Holy Spirit. He had to be 100% man and he, he is 100% God, but he had to yield to the Holy Spirit. So he, he could not act independently of what he wanted to do. He had, everything he, had, he did, he did by the Father showing him what to do. So he was 100% yielded to the Father. And when we become, the more yielded we are to the Holy Spirit, the more power we're going to walk in. I'm, can I say that again? Man, I'm going to get over here. The more, the more submitted we and. We are to the Holy Spirit, the more power we're going to walk in. Amen. See, the reason why we, some of the time things don't work is because we're not as submitted as we need to be. But the more, submit, the more sold out, let me put it that way, to God, the more power you're going to walk in. Amen. And so we, we see that Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by Spirit into where he was being tempted for 40 days by the devil. So, so we see this, that, that Jesus, even though he had the power of the Holy Spirit, he, had sti- he still had to use the word to combat the enemy. Amen. 
We have the power of God on our life, praise God, but you're still going to have to use the word to get the devil out of your face. You're still going to have to quote the word of God when the enemy is coming against you with lying symptoms, with bills coming in, and you know, with, with everything that's coming against you. You better start speaking some word. You better start speaking the word of God in that situation. You better start speaking light in the dark areas of your life. When it, when it was dark out here, God, in Genesis, God said, let there be light. God didn't, when it was dark, God didn't say, sure, dark out here. No, he said, let there be light. He spoke light in the darkness of, of, of this whole universe and light became. Amen. And so the God, God is light, God is love, and God is His Word. And when you speak His Word, you're, you're speaking the light into the darkness in any area of your life. And that light will show up any darkness and will dispel the darkness. And I'm telling you, you will see victory in whatever area you're believing God for. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? But what happens is we, 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 we waver a little bit. Remember, uh, Abraham didn't waver at the promise, but we, sometimes we waver. And we waver and we say, oh man, I don't know if God's going in this thing, you know. I, we start wavering, right? And remember what James said earlier? He said a double-minded man, let's, let him think that he'll get anything from, the God, from, from God. A double-minded man vacillates between two opinions. So you're, you're either, with, oh yeah, God's going to do it. Oh yeah, the miracle's coming. Oh, I don't know if it's going to happen. So we're going back and forth. And we're wavering. No, you can't allow wavering to come into your equation. You must keep speaking the promises until you see it come to pass. So when the enemy's coming against you, you have to say like Jesus, you know, it is written, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is written, you know, even the devil said, well, you know, the Bible, you know, the Bible, you know, devil knows how to quote scripture too. He'll quote you some scripture too, but he'll take it out of context. And so he say, well, listen, you know, the Bible says if you jump off a cliff, you know, the angels will protect you unless you dash your foot against the stone. It's in Psalms. Yeah. And Jesus said, yes. And it's also written, do not tempt the Lord thy God. See, you got to know the word. You got to know the whole truth. You, you know, not part of the truth. And that's why a lot of people are dying as Christians because they don't know the whole truth. They only know part of the truth. And you got to know the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Amen. And so as you, as you get the truth of God's word, then you can say it is written. Amen. So what do we need to do? We need to make sure, and, and, and James is talking a lot about, be very careful that you're not walking in the devil's territory. Don't be loving the world. Don't be arguing and fussing and fighting. Don't be a, a combative person. Glory to God. No, he, he, he's, he's trying to get us away from that. That's, that's, that's a lot of pride is in there. And so in James 4, 11, 12, he says this, uh, Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a, a brother or judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy. Who are you to judge another? 
So, so in other words, we got to be very careful how we think about people. You know, uh, there was there was a minister, a popular minister. I'm not going to say who he is. And he was preaching against a denomination. And uh, and he he, and and you got to be very careful if you're preaching against pastors or prophets or whatever. You better know what you're talking about. And you better be sure that you're online with God. Uh, And this one man was was preaching against a, a, a body of believers and um, and somebody was showing that on, on one of my face on Facebook and was showing that. And, and you had all these people chime in. Yeah, these all these these pastors are going to be in hell and all this. And I just I've just put down judge not lest you be judged. Because I know who these people they're talking about. And I don't believe that these people are crooked. And uh, and it was a very popular minister that was preaching this message, that, you know, and um, and um, but, you know, and then. Uh, uh, this preacher that was a very famous preacher, um, you know, he was preaching against other ministers. And do you know how he died? In a car accident. So what I'm saying, I'm saying that you got to be very careful. I don't think that's the way anybody should go in a car accident. I don't think, especially a preacher that preaches the word of God. No, with long life you'll satisfy us. What? There was a door that was open. See, we can open doors and judgment can come. And we got to be very careful that we're not opening doors and, and then God has to judge situations. And if we're, if we're judging people, we will be judged. Oh, man, you're preaching today, Pastor. Are you listening to what I say today? And, 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 I went, and then somebody came back. Well, you, somebody came back to me and, and you know how, how when I put judge not, let you be judged. And they wanted to explain why, you know, this group of ministers, why they're bad. Right. And uh, and and that somebody needs to say something, and and I didn't get a chance to get them get back because. But but what the bottom line is, is is that the enemy is trying to cause a lot of hate and dissension in the body, and what we need to be doing is said pull. You can't make anybody else brighter. Uh, you can't make yourself brighter by putting out the light of somebody else. And what the enemy will try to do is get us just you know try to talk bad about other people. No, I got enough to keep myself straight. Than me to be, you know, what, look at, be the watchdog for every other ministry out here. Amen. We need to pray for people. Amen. But that one minister that was saying all these things died in a car accident. The other ministers that were being, you know, trashed out, they're still around and preaching. Thank you, Lord. They got big ministries. Thank you. They're still around. Well, what it was saying? Well, God's not just. God is very just. Amen. 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 So we got to be very careful. Uh, that we're not judging one another. You know, we're not, you know, judging people's hearts. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm trying to close this down because, you know, this is the key to, to our victory in Christ is, is love and unity. And when we maintain that love and unity with the Father, how do you do that? By walking in obedience to Him. By obeying Him. Amen. By, you know... Come into church and love in the body of, of believers. Do not forsake the assembly of yourself with other believers as the day drawing near. You love the body. Amen. And so in, in Psalms 133, 1-3, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. 
is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Now, this is it. He says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity and the payoff. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. So, see, every promise or every instruction that God gives us, there's always a payoff of good. If God tells us something, there's always a blessing after that. If God tells us to tithe, then he's going to open the windows of heaven and pour out the blessings. If God, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? If God tells you to pray for somebody, then you're going to be healed. Pray ye for one another that you may be healed. Amen. So we know that because in James 5, 7, um, uh, it says here, 5, uh, 13 through 15, uh, James 5, 13 through 15, says, If anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. If anyone's cheerful, let him sing psalms. And if anyone among you sick, let him call upon the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, it will be forgiven. So, so what am I saying to you today? I'm saying that you have to submit yourself to God. Amen. I'm saying that you have to obey God. You need to obey the leading of the Holy Spirit. You can't be in disobedience and, and receive the blessings of God in your life. Um, can I say that again? We can't be in disobedience and receive the fullness of God's blessings in our life. God blesses the obedient. Doesn't the Bible say it's the willing, uh, Isaiah 1, 19, it's the willing and obedient that eat the best of the land? Say, I'm willing. Say, I'm obedient. Amen. So our willingness is a heart attitude that desires to do right, and obedience is walking it out. Is that right? It's a heart attitude. I, I want to come to church today. I want to be obedient. I want to follow God's word. I, I want to be a part of the church today. And, and so, so you get up and you get ready and you push through and you come to church. Amen. But what's the payoff? Well, the payoff is so much. But, but uh, the payoff of, of being rooted and grounded in church in, in, in your old age, you will prosper. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Are you listening to what I'm saying? There's a payoff. There's always a payoff for living godly. There's always a payoff for putting God's word first. There's always a payoff, and it's a good payoff. It's a good payoff, but there's also a payoff for doing the wrong things. There's also a payoff for walking in evil. There's a payoff. Why? Because Jesus is coming back, and his reward is in his hands, and he's going to give to all those what they've done in this body. And we're all going to be judged for what we've done down here. But pastor, I thought my sins are forgiven past, present, future. Yes, but we, you're still going to be judged on how you live this life down here. Amen. And you're going to have, some are going to have a lot of rewards and some may not have any rewards. And some may just barely get in by the skin of their teeth. And I don't want to be like that. I was listening to uh, Jesse DePlanis. I'm closing. And um, he, uh, he had a vision. He, he went to heaven. I don't know, you may, not, you may or may not believe it, but I believe it. And uh, he talked about all these details in heaven. And you know what Jesus said gave him a, 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 a commission when he went to heaven. All this, he went to heaven, walked around the streets of gold, learned a lot about heaven. 
And but you know what Jesus told him? He said, the main reason I got you up here. You want me? Do you, do you guys remember this? Jesus said to Jesse to plans. He said, tell my people I'm coming back sooner than they think. In other words, Jesus is coming back. And, and, and Jesse said, they already know that, Jesus. And Jesus, they don't know that. I'm coming back. Tell them I'm coming back. And I'm going to say this, that Jesus is coming back. He's coming back sooner than we think. I'm telling you, he's about ready to split the eastern sky. We're coming down to the end. Glory to God. We're the last generation. I believe that we're going to usher in the glory of God. God is raising up a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, full of love and faith, doing the works of Jesus. Say, I'm that person. I'm telling you, God's raising up a mighty church, a bold church, and we're going to be raised up to bring in the people because of this precious fruit of the earth. God's waiting on the precious fruit of the earth to wake up. He's knocking on the hearts of many people. He's knocking on their hearts. He's waking people up. Even through this pandemic, people are waking up to the reality that this could be the end. But I'm going to say this, it's not the end, it's only the beginning, glory to God, of glorious things to come. Because God's about ready to move, He's about ready to pour out His glory in such degrees that we it's going to blow some of our minds. And I'm telling you, He's going to be using some of us through signs, wonders, and miracles. He's getting you ready, He's getting each one of you ready to do great and mighty things. He's just looking for somebody humble. Somebody's willing, somebody willing to be led by his spirit, to willing to be obedient to him. Somebody that's willing to stand in the gap for a lost and dying generation. And God is looking for somebody. And will you be that person? Will you be that person say, Lord, it is I. Send me. Glory to God. And I'm telling you. I'm telling you, your life is not a waste. I'm telling you, you got purpose. God has purpose for each one of you today. You may look around and see life churches and wonder, can God do anything here? God can do great things here. God can do great things in your life. I'm telling you, we're on the precipice. That means the edge. <laughs> it sounds good. We're on the precipice. <laughs> I love those big words. Amen. We're on the precipice of something awesome. Do you believe that today? Did you receive it today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you, Father, that you desire humble people to submit to you, to resist uh, the world system, the world, the flesh, and the devil, and and to uh, uh, draw near to you, and you will draw near to us. And Father, I thank you that there's people here in this audience today, and those that are watching online, and you're not totally sold out for God, and you have not crossed over. And I'm going to say this is the day of salvation. Today is the day to cross over, to give God everything. So right now, I want to encourage you, if you just, if you haven't moved forward in that place of making Jesus Lord, you need to do it today. So I want to pray this prayer. As I pray this prayer, 
uh, I'm going to lead you in a prayer that's going to get you into a place where you can be that glorious person that God called you to be. Say this and mean it out loud. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.